Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal way and yes we're here for the Arsenal Liverpool Carabao Cup semi-final reaction and it's not really the performance or the result we wanted and I'm with Chris Davison just to dissect that performance. Chris how are you and what are your initial thoughts? Well, I'm deflated Bailey um, as I'm sure the, the whole Arsenal fan base is at the moment. Um, look I appreciate that um, the, in the run-up to this game off the pitch things haven't you know, gone as smoothly as we all would have um, hoped for. There's been COVID cases, there's been numerous injury issues, been a lot of noise surrounding Arsenal. Um, obviously, we had Africa Cup of Nations absentees as well, and we still have got that. Um, but if I'm being br- brutally honest, that was not a good enough performance for a, a second leg semi-final tie with a, the home crowd behind them at the Emirates. And, and with a, a stronger start and 11, it, it just wasn't good enough. The, the intensity wasn't there. The, the quality wasn't there. Um, the, the, the focus and concentration that we, we saw against Liverpool at Anfield last week, that wasn't there. And uh, yeah, sort of a, a factor of all of those things you know, cost us massively. You can't, can't play like that against um, sides like Liverpool. And yeah. Um, yeah, just really disappointing. But like I said, I do I do appreciate, you know, there's there's um, lots of different factors that may have gone in with that performance tonight. Um, some players maybe not fully fit. Thomas Party's head is quite clearly all over the place still um, after returning from the African Cup of Nations just today at mid- midday, getting a flight in. Um, seems absolutely ridiculous to me. Obviously, I'm happy and glad that he's back. But I think that just highlights our situation in terms of the midfield options at the moment and how desperate we are so yeah um yeah it, it's disappointing it's deflating um because i i really did expect a lot more from arsenal tonight yeah absolutely i think deflating is the perfect word to just describe that i think we haven't had the game for a while now the last game was against not in forest where we was very underwhelming there too so you wanted the boys to come out and just and just show their show their worth, show why we uh, need to get a win this year. We haven't won the game this year. And I think tonight we've been the perfect start just to get the up and running. Of course, we had the draw against Liverpool in the first leg, but that was, of course, the red card. You couldn't really judge on that. And this game was just really flat. I think we started the first 20, the first 15, 20 minutes really well. We was on the front foot. Marcelli was, was booming. Erdogan was getting control of the ball. Him and Smith were linking up. And suddenly after that, everything changed. Liverpool got their first goal and we never really got the on the front foot again but Chris we had we've had time off against Tottenham etc so why why did we look like we just lacked so much energy tonight we didn't look the usual buzzy selves we do yeah well I mean sometimes when you have breaks from from the game and you know a lot maybe you've got extra time off as we have done because of the 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 Tottenham postponement that can do more harm than good because you're not sort of keeping up the momentum you're not in that match mindset going into games and stuff so maybe we've just been a bit more relaxed than usual um, and like I said, in in addition to that, we have obviously had a few um, problems off the pitch with COVID and injuries, etc. So that that's a bit of a setback, and it again with momentum, it, it sets the players back, and their focus is sort of getting more match fit and returning to to full fitness as well, training with the team. So there's been disruptions, I should say, um, in in the background over the last week or so. It's never ideal, especially when we are trying to to prep for a big game like tonight. But that isn't me using an excuse. No way. I think we've got to factor that in and it's perhaps played a part 
but overall the overall team performance it just wasn't at the nowhere near the level tonight to get anything from tonight's game against a, a, like I said a top side like Liverpool um, everything that we had against them in the first leg the intensity the the desire the hunger and you know the well, I suppose the the um, in terms of having our minds switched on at the, at the back at times, you know, it just, it wasn't there tonight. And um, it, like I said, it, it cost us. And yeah, it's, um, it is disappointing, of, of course, but um, it should also be, be seen as a big wake up call for a lot of those players because I expect more, uh, if I'm being honest, not just because it was a, uh, you know, a decisive game and finals up for grabs at Wembley, but, just because of the overall performance, it was just quite lacklustre at times and there just wasn't any real quality. Um, I, I agree with you, Bailey. Uh, if we're being fair, I thought we had a better start. I thought we got off quite well. But um, apart from that, really, we didn't we didn't create much. No, we had a few attempts, half chances, but um, nothing really that was going to cause Liverpool any, any problems. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, a big shame. Yeah, it's a big shame indeed. We didn't cause Liverpool enough problems whatsoever. They looked comfortable throughout the game. But Chris, when we were losing, it looked like it couldn't get any worse from here in the, in the final stretch of the game. But then suddenly, of course, we, we bring on Thomas Partey, fresh from the African Cup of Nations, a very disappointing African Cup of Nations, where he was almost the main blame being the biggest star where they got knocked out of the group stage. Arteta decides to bring him on towards the end of the match. And then Bao, red card, that means he's out of the Burnley game. And Chris, this was really the icing of a poor performance, wasn't it? Ah, it really was. Um, as I said a moment ago, his his head clearly wasn't settled and and um, in the right place, and that's understandable because he's just coming back from a, a really disappointing Africa Cup of Nations, um, much earlier than he would have anticipated, and I'm sure the club would have anticipated as well. Um, don't get me wrong, as I said, I think it's great that he's back here early, and I think it's a big boost because obviously we're in. Um, desperate need for for more midfielders and, and different options for Mikel Arteta. Um, but yeah, I mean, he must be jet lagged or something, I would imagine, because uh, that that decision to go go into that challenge already being booked as well was was just very very silly of him. And uh, he's better than that. We, we know he's better than that. Um, and I think it's it you know that challenge was just an indication of where his his head at is, is at the moment. He's probably tired. He hasn't had much sleep or rest um, and he's probably still frustrated, you know, because of Ghana's, um, uh, Ghana's recent failure to, to obviously progress in the African Cup, Cup of Nations. So um, I'm not surprised to see something like that happen um, because of recent events and how quickly he's been thrown back in again. But as I said, it, the performance overall should be a wake-up call to the players, but it should also be a wake-up call to, to Arteta, Redu and, and the board in terms of trying to get some more players in through 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 the door this window, because uh, in my opinion, not just the midfield struggles tonight highlighted the urgency and the need for for more recruitments in that area, but up front as well. Um, I said it to, to yourself and Umar before we went live. That game tonight would have been perfect for Vlajevic. It really would. When you got the likes of Konate and Van Dijk at the back there for Liverpool, who stand at what six foot five six foot four um they're, they're absolute units Lacazette's not going to have much much luck in you know in the air or trying to get past them the same goes for Martinelli Saka um and that 
again, it reminded me, you know, and I'm sure it reminded a lot of Arsenal fans that actually there's a need there for someone who offers a bit different for us up front, physical, strong, tall presence. Um, you know, I think someone like Vlaovic would have uh, um, had better chances of, of um, you know, getting something from the game tonight for us going forward. But it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure that's probably one of the reasons why Arsenal are so keen on him because they haven't got a profile like that in the squad at the moment. But, um, yeah, you know, we can't make excuses, can't sit here saying what could have been, etc. Um, it's just a situation we find ourselves in at the moment. But I really hope now that things speed up on the transfer front because we've got Sambi Lakonga, who, again, as you've said before, Bailey, and you, you've touched on it in your post-match piece, will be, that'll be going live very shortly. So do keep an eye out for that. Sambi Lakonga's got bags of potential and... You know, he's shown that uh, those glimpses this season at times and he's highly rated in Belgium. Vincent Company, even Thierry Henry speaks so highly of him. So I think he's got a big, big future ahead of him. But we cannot always rely on him in games like tonight, in, in crucial Premier League games. He's a great rotation option, absolutely. But um, he's still got a few errors in him and his inexperience has shown he needs time to adapt to mature as a player. He's still very young. And we have seen that at times, uh, including tonight. So I think it's absolutely essential that Arsenal really speed things up on the transfer front now, whether it's Arthur Mello from Juventus or someone else. Just go and get another midfielder, please. Because as each week comes by, as each uh, game arrives, you know, there's just something else that happens that you know leaves us requiring more quality and more more depth in midfield. Thomas Party now, as you've mentioned, he's likely to be out for the Burnley game at least because of his red card. Granite Jack is still serving a suspension. So, uh, as I just said, our Sammy Lekonga can be very uh, hot and cold. We've let Ainsley Maitland-Niles go. Mohamed Elneny's still away at the African Cup of Nations. For desperate times, Bailey. Desperate times. Desperate times indeed. And Burnley's a type of game where Sammy Lekonga could struggle. Arteta didn't start Sammy Lekonga in the first game against Burnley away at Turf War because of the way Burnley play. And now it looks like we are going to be forced to be playing him against Burnley at home. So let's hope that we do have different fortunes there. But Chris, do you think this game has really... It should be a wake-up call, shouldn't it, for Edu and Arteta? It's been 20 days now in this transfer window. We from the first, I think from the first day of January, we knew what we needed and nothing's been changed yet. Now we've got 11 days left. We really do have to get a move on, don't we? I think the game against Liverpool proved how weak we are in certain positions. And if we don't strengthen in these next 10 days, that could separate us getting top four or it could separate us even qualifying for Europe, couldn't it? Your move, your move, Chris. Deary me. Um, even the Arsenal fans haven't died performances tonight. Um, <laughs> absolutely, to your point there, Bailey. Absolutely, because... Um, you know, I've said it before, this transfer window really could make or break our, our, our season. Um, we're obviously looking fair, or we've been looking fairly strong in the league and we are in a reasonable position um, this this uh, side of the season. So, um, you know, that that's given us some hope. Uh, it's given us some optimism, rightly so. But performances like tonight, and there's been certain performances throughout the season, which really has reminded us that we're still one or two top quality players away from really competing with the, the, the bigger clubs in the league and returning to Champions League football. And I think the club know that. I'm quite calm in that respect. I think the club know what needs to happen, what they need to do, 
where Mikel Arteta and Edu are looking to strengthen. I think they've already got that all, you know, planned out in their heads uh, with the recruitment team as well. And that is what they are actively trying to work on. I mean, for instance, the links to Dusan Vlajevic prove that to me. Whether or not we get them or not is a different question, but it, it still provides me with that reassurance that actually we are pushing for top quality players and we are trying our best to improve certain areas in, in the squad. So it's a big, what, last 10, 11 days now for Arsenal in the transfer window. It really, really is. Um, and obviously, <laughs> there's been a, a transfer breakthrough today by the looks of it. We're looking to sign a goalkeeper. Excellent. Um, but uh, there is more pressing and urgent um, needs in, in this team. And central midfield and striker are, of course, two of those um, areas. So a lot can happen in a short amount of time. And I think as we edge closer to the end of the transfer window, of course, things will move quicker, hopefully anyway. Uh, and um, we'll receive some more positive updates in the coming days. But, um, you know, if if tonight really didn't wake up the club even more, then I don't know what will. Because, um, as I said to you at the moment, we're, we're quite desperate in a couple of positions in the squad. And I, I, I don't think, I, I know that if we do not strengthen with enough quality uh, and enough depth between now and the closure of the window, I'm not hopeful of finishing in the top four. I really ain't. Yeah, I have to agree with you there, Chris. But we have touched on the negatives of the game, but there were positives in the game. That was... I think a player in particular that was Gabriel Martinelli. Now, in after the match, Klopp has raved on the, the praises for him, saying how good he has been. Just how good was he in this game, Chris? Well, we've touched on certain players looking a bit sluggish, a bit slow, maybe not being fully match fit or with it. But Martinelli, you know, as he has done ever since he joined the club, lots of energy, lots of urgency, looked to create problems. A very hard worker too, of course. So he was certainly one of the the, the bright lights tonight, as was Martin Odegaard. I feel he'd done fairly well, considering he's just returned from from COVID as well. Um, so he he done okay. But yeah, I'm not surprised to 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 hear Klopp's raving about Martinelli. It's not the first time he's done that either. I don't think um, after Arsenal played Liverpool before Klopp's gone on to really uh, praise the, the Brazilian. And it's because he he he's a he's a young player, but it looks like he's been playing for a long, long time because he, he again he, he's one of those that just gives absolutely everything. They leave everything out on the pitch, and um, I, I suppose that's the sort of player that Jurgen like uh, Jurgen Klopp likes as well because um, he obviously demands one hundred and ten percent from his Liverpool players, makes them work hard, wants a good good attitude from them to, to you know ultimately that's what he's done. At Liverpool, building a, a really positive and healthy culture over there. And again, that is what Mikel Arteta is trying to do here at Arsenal. Positive culture, good character in the squad, a uh, hard worker. Um, and that's what Gabriel Martinelli is. That's what he offers. So no, no surprise to hear him you know, getting praise like that from a top manager in Jurgen Klopp. Um, hopefully it's just not his way of maybe trying to persuade him to go over to Anfield. Yeah, Saka last week would know when he put his hand over him. Now, Marcelli yeah, with the yeah. praise this week. Stay away, Stay Urban away. Park. Stay <laughs> away from our young boys. But, Chris, just a final question before I do, we do wrap up the show. Looking at our striker performances tonight and going forward, and let's say we don't get Flavich, do we really have to consider bringing Aubameyang back into the squad? Should we not sell him to uh, to overseas? Or do, we, do you think his time's done? Well, I mean, it's an interesting uh, situation, really, isn't it? Because... 
you know, we've been talking about the uncertainty surrounding some of our strikers and the lack of quality that was offered tonight, for example. Got Enketia Lacazette's contracts running out at the end of the season as it stands. Balogun's gone out on loan. That really just leaves Aubameyang as the only other cent- um, striker option in the first team. It really it depends on the player and it depends on Mikel Arteta, this one, because Mikel Arteta, as we know, has dropped in for disciplinary reasons. He's been made to train away from the, the team. That was going to happen until after he returned from the African Cup of Nations. Obviously, he is back in London now, so it'll be an interesting one to follow. Is sort of the air a bit clear now? And can Aubameyang return to first-team training? We'll see in the coming days, I suspect. What we do know is that a loan offer is on the table. That's been widely reported. Uh, and um, it, it looks as if, you know, Aubameyang's wages would be covered in full. He'd be getting... Um, getting all of that side of things uh, the way he wants. So it's, it's one to keep an eye on. I think it's quite early to say what the outcome will be. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess another factor is Arsenal's pursuit of Dusan Vlajevic or another striker this window, the success and the outcome of that. I think if Arsenal are given the green light to bring another forward in, then they will be more than willing to let Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang go. But uh, if not, then that that move, just like the Ainsley Maitland-Niles one, would seem quite questionable where we're maybe loaning out Aubameyang but not bringing anyone else in. So as we often see in football and in the transfer market, the domino effect, I think it might be a case of, of that, if, if anything, Bailey. But of course, it does uh, depend on, on how Arteta and Aubameyang work together from here. And I think the developments and the outcomes over the next couple of days will be interesting now Now Oba's back from, from the African Cup of Nations. Yeah, it will be interesting indeed. We shall see. But we need to forget about that game now and try and move forward for the game against Burnley and try to achieve our first win of 2022. God damn it. Hopefully we, hopefully we can get that because it is needed right now. We've had poor performances this year. Arteta just needs to get the boys clicking in gear again. And hopefully the game against Burnley, who are off form at the moment, is the perfect time to do that but we shall see thank you for tuning in guys Chris as always thank you as well yeah pleasure as always Bailey thank you to everyone tuning in uh, it's a shame we couldn't have been more happy tonight and, and speaking about positives a lot more but um, up to the club now to put the smiles back on our faces with hopefully a couple of um, really really good additions in the transfer window so fingers crossed and hopefully bigger and better things come the weekend as well Absolutely. 11 days, Edu, you know what to do. So let's hope he does bring in the players. But guys, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel as more videos will be coming your way. And as always, most importantly, make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Now, um, can you can you start with... Um, just your reactions, really, the level of your disappointment and, and talk to us a little bit about the team you were able to pick, please. Well, very disappointing because obviously when you have the final there, one game away, um, you have that level of excitement and you're really looking forward to it. Um, we did everything we could to put a, a competitive team around and I think that we had our moments in the game against the top side in the first half, certainly when we had the chances, we hit the bar. And you have to score. And in the second half, at the beginning, the same thing. But when that happens, that's the, that's the difference. The first time that they've gone through our halfway line and they score the goal with a bit of luck, and that changes the tie. 
And uh, the second time, yes, you get the ball away in dangerous areas after just regaining the ball. And when they can attack your space between fullback and centre-back in, in one pass, um, it's extremely dangerous because they have the quality to, to finish the game off. Kim? Hi, Mikel. Uh, Mikel, if I could just go back on that sort of first goal again. I know Tommaso slipped and it was a, look, a fortunate enough goal, but should he have showed him down the line? Should he have showed him down the flank and letting him to cut in? He sort of backed off and when he backed off, he gave uh, Jota the chance to come inside. Should he really show him the flank? He slept, so he was trying to block the, the ball. He almost had the ball, but he slept. And, and after that, the ball goes through the legs. He mix kicks the ball and he goes uh, the other way of, of the keeper. So um, I think uh, difficult to prevent that. Sam? Hi, Mikel. Um, we know that Thomas rushed back from African Cup of Nations to play in this. And I think you said he landed at, at midday. What's your reaction to his red card and now losing him again for the weekend? That is again a, a big loss, and um, we have to learn from that. We play the last three games with 10 men, and against those top sides, you cannot do that because we are completely exposed. It's difficult enough to beat them with 10 men, becomes uh, then a real challenge. And um, and it's not what we need for sure with the amount of players that we have out, um, not to have him. How big an issue is that midfield now, Mikel? Sorry, Mark. Go on, Sam. Well, it is because it has happened for different reasons, but um, we have to eradicate that completely. We want to be competitive and we want to be winning football matches and, and having a good sequence of matches again. Um, we have to stay playing with, with 11 players. I'm only going to do two more because I'm then going to do split for Burnley. Andy? Hi, uh, Mikhail. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Hi, uh, um. Within the Arsenal camp, within the stadium and the fans, there's been a, a large feel-good factor uh, in recent weeks. You've turned around form and you've become a, a team to be reckoned with. This defeat tonight at home to Liverpool, what does that do to that feeling and what does it tell you about where you need to go with Arsenal still? I'm extremely proud of uh, how the, um, our supporters have tried to help the team, the momentum that we have created, uh, because I know what those players have done to play tonight. And five or six of them, they haven't had any training sessions. And uh, they still were willing to compete. And the way they competed against this team, uh, in my opinion, is remarkable. So I will try to use that in a positive way to use it towards Sunday. Does it tell you you've still got a way to go to, to be able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with teams like Liverpool? Yeah, because you need uh, to have a squad of 2022 20, outfield top players. And, um, and to do that, um, it takes time. Thank you. Video. Hi, Mika. Uh, I just asked about Tomiyasu because he looked really rusty today. Uh, is he having still having some trouble with his calf, or is it just he's lacking match fitness? Well, he's done incredible. Uh, we didn't want to play. We had to push him because Cedric and Callum were out. We didn't have any fullbacks. And, uh, and the moment that he knew that, he said, I will play. And he didn't have any training session with us and still... Uh, was willing to play and compete the way he's on today. So I'm extremely proud and grateful for for the play that we have. And finally, before Burnley, James Benj. Hi, McCallum. 
that's 14 red cards you've had now in, in your tenure. I don't think any other Premier League teams had eight, uh, more than eight in that time period. What do you put that down to? And does it worry you that, that this issue is raising its head again? And how will you address it? It worries me because it's a massive factor to win four matches. And, uh, and we've seen that we have lost matches, three matches against them when, when we play Man City here and tonight. Um, and that's a big reason for it. So we have to eradicate it. We have to start to play consistently with 11 players and, and we have to learn big lessons on that. And, um, and we can accept any excuses now.